Welcome to episode 41 of Sound Out Wave, the first podcast to reach planet Earth from Cybertron. I'm Nell, and I'm great at Transformers. And I'm Greg, and boy do I suck at Transformers. And this week we discuss Transformers Scavengers issues 45 and 46. We'll just take a moment, yeah, and like look at the cover of 45. First of all, Uh, thank God. Obviously, I know who all of these guys are, but just for our listeners, let's go ahead and run through the names real quick. Do you want to do the the honors? Nope. Okay. (laughs) I will run through the names really quickly. Okay. So the tallest one, big one in the back there, you know how I like my big bots. Uh, that is Spinister. Sure. With the okay. cool bike. Obviously. Of course. I mean, look uh, at him spinning. That just makes sense. Yeah, you know, like you do. Uh, the one center with the yellow, mostly yellow helmet is Croc. Giving a thumbs up. Yeah. Lovely. We have, he's classic. We have Crank Case on the left there, the blue with the missing part of his head. Sure. Crank, you know, he's cranky. Right. Uh, he's he's behind... an upset guy. I can't blame him. His head's missing. <laughs> Part of his head is indeed missing. Uh, behind Croc, the kind of goldish color, is Fulcrum. Right. Remember and then him, he turns into a bomb. He does turn into a bomb. He is our K-class resident here. Uh, he was the one that the scavengers found when we first met these guys. And then right up front here, in the purple, is Misfire. Yeah. Uh, which obviously stands for Mrs. Fire. Mm-hmm. Yes. He is. He He's a dame. He's a dame about town. And I do like that he's holding, we can see he's holding a little can of uh, more juice that has the uh, <laughs> the creme zeke on it. Yeah, we've seen that guy Name escaped me before. Yeah. Uh, I've made one of those. Did we talk about that on the show? I've sewn a little tiny plush creme zeke. Uh, oh, I think maybe. For my maybe. friend's baby. Let's, uh, let's, if, do you have pictures of it? Somewhere. Well, we'll, we'll share try and get that if I can find them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. That's, so that's, we have that's these guys. Yes, the scavengers, they're finally back. So I do want to take a moment and say, um, when we first met the scavengers, which was all the way back in issues seven and eight, um, not seventeen. Right. Seven and eight. Uh, we did that episode in August, right before this issue came out. And so I just remember in my mind being like, oh my goodness, I'm so envious of the humble bundle readers who get to kind of like hop right into these guys being here because if you think in the terms of people who are reading these month to month like me oh my god it took years to get to this point where we get to see these guys again i was very very excited to see this cover and know that um these guys were coming back and in fact i know i just keep holding up us getting into the fucking issue already but uh i do want to be uh like the notes, the subtext for the the book when it came up in like in shops and whatnot, you like it'll sure, have kind of a solicits text. Yeah. So the text for this is even reads. I'm gonna read it really quickly because I love it. Make a list of every single Decepticon. Remove the warriors, the high rankers, the loyal foot soldiers, the overachievers, and anyone who's ever made even a modest con- contribution to the cause. You should now have five names left. Welcome back, guys. And that's it. That's the, that's the solicit kind of text. And I was in love and I cannot wait for issue 45 to come out. And now we get to talk about it. And I'm very excited. This is a really fun book. And I like these boys. 
Yeah. They're so, a rough and tumble little group of dumb idiots who aren't good at anything. Right. Like even the solicit text tells you exactly what right. you're getting into with these guys. Like, uh, like they're not. They, yeah. <laughs> so so how long did you have to wait? Do you know? These, uh, okay. So eight was the the last time we really, because we kind of glimpsed them right before um, Dark Cybertron when with the whole like sparks burning out and everything. Right. We saw a number of the crew were being affected. Um, and, but that was it. We didn't really get any stories involving them. So issue eight to issue 45, that's, you know, 37 issues. Um, that's a long way to go. Yeah. So that's uh, three years we had to wait <laughs> for, for them to come back. Now, oh God. When you, <laughs> like, when you put it in numbers, you're like, shit, first of I all, mean, that's, that's these the books thing about comic books. Yeah. Uh, they only come out once a month, which is upsetting. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the good news is, in all of that time, they've been getting into some trouble. They really have. And yeah, we open up um, on our previously page, and previously in Transformers Scavengers. Uh, and right, they even... I, it's very much presented as though this was a series. Oh, you could have been reading this the whole time. Right, like, you've been wasting your time on ongoing and more than meets the eye. You could have been following the scavengers around. Yeah, they had their own series this entire time. Oh, you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> well, now you're hopping back in, and it is—it's just—it's immediately a brilliant page. Like right. every every panel is like <laughs> I call more than meets the eye indulgent a lot. This is. This is pushing it even for more than meets the eye. The first panel, we just get a panel of like, hey, we're on a planet where everybody has to talk in song. <laughs> right. They're singing to each other, realizing they have to sing on this planet. Um, and uh, all right. of these. They're, they're, they're getting attacked by a monster because they didn't conjugate a verb correctly. Uh... We have this one's interesting. The third panel here, we have. Um... Misfire saying, Croc, it's happening again. And it looks like he's holding a data pad and it looks like Shockwave's gun arm is coming through it. <laughs> Which is very like, what? What? What's happening? And was this, you know... Sure. Presumably then pre... Uh, Pre-Dark Cybertron? That moment? You know, you have yeah. to kind of wonder, what is... I mean, really, though, what's happening here? And of uh, course, there's no answer. Like, these yeah, are all... It's very much to... like... I want to if, imagine not a lot of this was actually playing out. It's like, what would it be funny if these guys were doing the whole time? Right. It's like, and again, like, there's no surprise here, at least for me, in knowing, like, I'm a huge Community fan. I know James Roberts is a huge Community fan. There is an episode of Community that is literally this page, right. where they just have a clip show that is all clips of sh stuff that never happened uh, on the show that we have seen as viewers. It's a lot of fun. It's, uh, yeah, it's a very funny episode. Um, and so this entire page is that same idea. Like, right. oh, right. We're remembering all these things that we've never read before that we are just being told have happened. Right. It's like, okay, we're just going to give you the stuff that you just just the key points so that you can recall everything. Because you definitely already know all this stuff. But we'll just catch uh, you sure. up real quick. Uh, you remember their hollow matter avatars. <laughs> right. Uh, of, of Magisterians. Uh, right. Right. Before anybody gets excited, if you're not looking at the book, they don't turn into humans. They turn into <laughs> magisterians. And they're like, I don't I don't think this one fits me. Um, 
And there's one where like the the fate of the universe hangs on their game of Jenga that they're, they're playing, which we've seen them playing Jenga before. That was happening when they're they were having like their spark burnout and everything. Uh, uh, and they they even they lampshade it by saying the worst thing is if we win we won't remember this moment <laughs> with a perfectly logical series of events which gave rise to it like oh my god it's so good <laughs> uh, they do an art joke which is uh i can't tell if grimlock's up close or far away it's because we're in a perspective trap and <laughs> they're, they're just like floating in this void right and there's oh my god it's so good and then the last panel is a shot it's so cute it's all of their like gen one toys right it's a photograph of toys standing in a field right they're just standing in grass and croc is just saying i know what's happened it's obvious what's happened i want to know how to make it unhappen (laughs) he's shouting at crankcase and presumably misfire um he's got spinister behind him so of course fulcrum is not there fulcrum was not he he doesn't have a toy like the rest of these guys do Uh, okay that makes sense so yes he was uh, the one taking the picture. Yes, he's he's off panel somewhere. I'm guessing that maybe he and Grimlock are going to save them from whatever this is. That makes um, sense. But it's all in the past, and he was got busy playing just... Jenga and saving <laughs> right. the universe. He was doing that while they were photographic and in a field somewhere. Uh, yes, they, so, they found all three dimensions. <laughs> that's just the recap page, and now we get into the actual comic. I mean, well, I the the fun thing is that none of this stuff, like, yes, I say it's very self-indulgent. None of it is out of the possibility for more than meets the eye. Like, this is yeah. this is all like the fact that we got personality ticks in there and sitcom world. Right. This like, is all you, clearly within like. Yeah, if you were just going to pluck out single panels right. from the entire expanse of more than meets the eye, it would probably look very similar <laughs> to this exact page, this very bizarre, nonsensical seeming page. Um, and yet as readers of more than meets the eye, we're like, no, all of those things had totally viable stories that sure. led up to that moment happening. Absolutely. Um, uh, but you're <laughs> right. We, we do move into a, a far more a, a situation that is presented far more seriously. Yes, uh, and immediately, even the discussion. There's narration, so we and we see right away it's Misfire talking. Um, right, he's he's full on internal monologuing, <laughs> and he's he's got his gun. He's kind of hiding. He's um, he's already found. He's got Fulcrum's body in front of him, and he's kind of saying like he's not surprised. He wished he could say he was surprised, but he knew. It, it was only a matter of time because they're all Decepticons. They were going to end up turning on each other. Uh, um, which is sad because, A, we love these guys. B, yes. we just saw how big a goofballs they are. Right. We go from these, these madcap yeah. adventures. You don't want them to, to have turned on each other. Right. And so it's prevented, yes, very grim. Uh, again, he's he's got his gun. He's kind of hiding. We see Fulcrum's body in front of him. Uh, uh, he shoots somebody. <laughs> He shoots, and uh, and again, the whole time he's talking, he's narrating right. he's, that. He's, yeah, he's speaking in his own head and everything. Yeah, like saying that whatever bonds that they forged, they've been burnt, which then there's like this whole funny thing about him being like, wait, do you burn bonds? And he can't remember <laughs> how you, what happens with a bond. Um, and he's saying, Croc tried to restore order, and he was killed, and, and he's walking past. We can see Croc's body kind of slumped over. Right. So we've seen Fulcrum down, we've seen Croc down. Yes. 
Uh, and and uh, we see that in this next panel, he's drinking Crocs, <laughs> clearly labeled drinks. Yes. There's like a full on, not only like um, a uh, post-it note, but like taped. Right. There's a the note on this can that says Crocs. So you know, <laughs> this is Crocs Croc, drink. Yes. Croc is very particular about this sort of thing. <laughs> and Miss um, Fire's drinking it. And it's... <laughs> it's it's nuts knowing what's actually happening here but he 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 uh he says grimlock was the first to fall he's standing over what looks like grimlock's corpse yeah uh, and he says I, that means there's just me two left me and and then spinister jumps out and punches him in the face shouting spinister shouting spinister also holding a gun yeah he cold cocks misfire right in the face shouting his own name uh, yay, Spin is here. And he and, even says, you just shouted your own name. And he's like, yeah, to confuse you. <laughs> and then, right, there's they're just so goofy. Miss Fire says, yeah, confuse this. And, of course, Spin's like, that doesn't make sense. Nobody, of course, neither of these idiots are making any sense. And they're just fighting. They're kind of, Miss Fire, like, throws himself onto Spinister. Spinister's huge. Spinister's, like, twice the size of Falk, or Miss Fire, so it does nothing. Um, <laughs> he kicks him in the face. And then he's got um, he's got Misfire. So Spinister's up, and Misfire is kneeling, and Spinister's got the gun to his head. He's straight and up I, about to do him execution style. He is, and it's even better because he says, "I would have waited an eternity for this. It's over, Misfire," which is a quote that Megatron says in the 1986 movie regarding <laughs> Optimus Prime, so, which is fantastic. Um, and Misfire just kind of he, he sniffs and he says, "Yeah, fair enough." And then a gun goes off. Uh, and we see a rubber-tipped <laughs> dart, like, stuck on his forehead. <laughs> and it wasn't even fired by a spinister, we find right. out. Uh, Crankcase fired it. I do love Misfire's face with the dart stuck to his helmet. <laughs> he's full-on, like, pouting. I Right, he seems, like, like upset, even. Like, ah, uh, man. Like, he's very, yeah. He's like, like that, yeah. Was, that was going to be so dramatic. <laughs> so yes he's he's hit with a little rubber dart and spinister is immediately like what and he's upset because crankcase took his kill and crankcase wasn't even playing um, <laughs> and so and immediately we, we, yeah we recognize drops. oh grimlock and fulcrum and all these guys they're fine they're just yeah. pretending to be down because they're playing a game they're although playing. misfire did get punched in the face hard enough and kicked hard enough to like make energon fly out of him yeah, Spinister went at him. Yeah, um, like, rain it in, Spinister. Right, which, we, of course, and like, if we recall, so hopefully everybody can kind of remember, um, you know, the, the, the scavengers and kind of how they each behave um, from the last time, again, that we saw them a very long time ago. Uh, but yeah, Spinister was the one who was always a little disconnected in the head, it sure. seems. He was described by Misfire as literally the stupidest person in the universe, poor Spin. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so yes, I don't know if that takes into account why he went at Misfire so hard. He's so intense into this. Yes. Um, uh, which I think does, because they kind of touch again on sure. the way Spinister's brain kind of works. I do want to point out also very quickly, their ship, which we kind of see in the very first page, we get an outside shot of the ship. Um, and then we see it again God, on these next kind of pages coming up. It is very reminiscent. It looks like exactly like the um, the arc that is flown by the Autobots in Generation One of the show. So, okay. just I trust a, you. 
Yeah, so it's just a funny little thing when you see it, you're like, wait, that looks exactly like the Autobot ship that became. <laughs> um, so just to point that out, but um, and I was only reminded because we see the ship again as they're kind of talking, and of course now they're kind of hashing out the fact that they're this little game, whatever it was they yes. were playing. Uh, shoot, shoot, bang, bang. <laughs> and uh, which, yeah, we, again, they, they touch on the fact that Spinister is... Right. distracted he's easily distracted and they're talking about thoughts and like he he doesn't really fully understand what a thought is and, <laughs> and he thinks and squirrels live in his says, head well they live in thoughts live in your head and he goes oh like squirrels <laughs> <laughs> and mr course is just like yeah sure which my note here just says minister you precious thing i love minister he's so he's just He's precious. He's been. Um, uh, so we see Fulcrum is up now with his beautiful chin. Uh, yeah. And he's he's got three darts on his midsection, so clearly he got taken down. Got shot in the uh, belly. Yep. He, he got reservoir dogged. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that might be him outside right now. Uh, I'm still wondering what that was. Yeah, that was, that was uh, a car alarm going off. Um, yeah, and, and uh, Crankcase is even saying, hey, you can't call it shoot shoot bang bang. I copyrighted that name. <laughs> and uh, Fulcrum, of course, like the God, the way they talk is just so funny. He says, "Okay, Crankcase doesn't understand it. Co- trademarks work," um, uh, which I appreciate because you can't copyright a name. You trademark a name because you copyright a physical item or invention. Uh, you trademark a intellectual property, so a name is trademarked and can only be trademarked within a certain context basically fulcrum is right and crankcase is wrong yes fulcrum got you he he, he knows what's up um uh, but, but they're yes, saying they're, they're talking about misfires like uh penchant to monologue internally <laughs> and then he immediately starts monologuing internally and he's <laughs> got like this thinking face. face and they're like he's, you're yeah, doing like... it right now <laughs> that's it that's the face that's how they all know like yeah misfire right. is off in his own world um which again that also happens in community uh with the dean the dean <laughs> has like an episode where he keeps monologuing um and then croc shows up he comes bursting through the door and he's like crankcase why aren't you flying the ship and first of all croc is just covered in arrows right. so he, he's, he's slathered in him he was immediately just yeah like they took him out um and i this the whole scene made me laugh so hard the very first time I read this book. Um, yeah, Croc bursts into the room. He's like, Crankcase, why aren't you flying? And <laughs> Crankcase is, oh, he asked him why he's here. Crankcase is like, yeah, I'm wondering that too. Every day of my fucking life, Croc. And he's like, no, who is piloting the ship? If I'm here and you're here, who's flying <laughs> this thing? And uh, he tells him to chill the hell out. This crate lands itself. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a sentence. Like, I have to wonder, like... Why? Why did you pick those words in particular, James? What does? Is it something about crankcase? Is it something like "chill the hell out"? Is <laughs> it's just a conspicuous way to phrase that? It's weird. I think to me, like, because we see the way the scavengers speak. I feel like we get a couple instances in these issues where they, despite being Decepticons, almost have more. They they do. They definitely have more like Earth lingo that they use. Sure. Than even like the bots on board the Lost Light do. Which is interesting. And uh, I don't know exactly where like if that's on purpose or if it's just 
kind of the the place that James goes to when he's writing them. I'm not sure. Like when he's writing their conversations, their their dialogue. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, chill the hell out is yeah. and and yeah, because of course, crankcase is just very yeah. He's like, and and he even says, "Don't worry, this thing lands itself." And then we see <laughs> and it crash immediately crashes into a mountain, which is so funny. Like I. Again, this is one of those moments where you're like, if this was a show, I would have had to pause this and laugh for like five <laughs> whole minutes at the series of events that just took place. Um, uh, have which... you ever played Space Team? No. Space Team is this mobile game, and it's meant to be played by like four people who are all in the same room, and they have their phones. And the idea is you'll get instructions at the top of your screen, and then there's buttons below those. But your instructions are for everyone else in the room. Oh, so, God. Like, you'll shout, like, uh, enable thrusters, and then someone has a thruster button that they have to enable. Oh, that sounds uh, fun. But every match opens with, don't worry, the ship flies itself. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, just follow instructions and work together as a space team. Uh, that is literally them. They so are that's a space Exactly. Team. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking here. <laughs> and then they crash land into a mountain, which... Like I pointed out, their ship looks like the Ark, and this is exactly how the Ark lands on Earth, by <laughs> crashing into the side of a mountain. So it's very reminiscent of the very beginning of Generation 1, the cartoon of Transformers. Clearly, uh, this is the reboot. Like, these yes. guys. Oh my god. This is Transformers, the, the next generation. <laughs> and I, I would not complain. I would be very happy with that. Um... So we can see four hours later, it's nighttime, and uh, we're we're on the ship. They're fine. The ship is okay. They're all, like, we see the explosion as they hit the mountain, but the ship's still here. Um, uh, more like now, the strong anthropic principle. Boom. Very nice work. Um, <laughs> and we, <laughs> we go to, uh, we, we can just hear uh, a back right. and forth, yeah, and we, we can we immediately tell. Here. Somebody's teaching something to someone else. Yeah. Uh, someone's just teach letters. Yes. yes. Uh, saying, okay, then do a G, do an R, and then just say me Grimlock. So. <laughs> so immediately, like, okay, we're trying to teach Grimlocks and stuff. So, I, like, if we want to step back for a hot second, in case anybody is kind of trying to remember exactly where we left off right. with the scavengers, they were exploring and they found a world sweeper, which is like the logo ship, the, right, Decepti the big Decepticon symbol type ship. Yes. And on board this ship, they found a whole host of bizarre kind of like experiments gone wrong kind of thing. Um, some things that were part organic and part mechanical. And they found Grimlock on board this ship. Yeah. And he was like, kept prisoner he was like frozen right? yeah he was like in stasis yeah and so they were then confronted by the djd and were like cool we are going to send grimlock out to beat their asses because he's grimlock and he's terrifying and so they let him out and grimlock immediately he, he fought hard for like a hot second right he came and out of the gate thrashing yes because he is grimlock and he he came him grimlock him king exactly um but then he was it was very obvious very quickly that he wasn't the Grimlockable. This right. wasn't normal. Yeah, he's not all there. And so in the end, we saw like poor Flywheels. We used to have another scavenger. Flywheels was killed in the fight with the DJD. Um, the rest of them made it out. 
Croc, which, yay, Croc's face is fine. He had Voss's mask put on his face, and yikes. Yeah. Um, a scary experience. Very. Um, so, yeah, a lot of bad things happened in issue eight. Uh, but all of that's to say, these guys made it out alive. They took Grimlock with them because they were like, hey, the war is over. Let's go back to Cybertron. We'll take Grimlock. If Autobots won, it'll be like, look, we found your guy. We yeah, take right. care of him. If the Decepticons won, it'll be like, look, we took Grimlock prisoner. Uh, We're win, great. win. Yeah. So they have Grimlock on board. And again, he's not all there. He's obviously speaking very similarly to the way he does back in Generation 1 with things like me, Grimlock. And so we can see here, now returning to where we are in this book, we can see Misfires trying to teach him letters, and it's adorable. Uh, and, and he's even saying, like, look, you used to be fearsome, and yeah. like you used to just tear dudes up, and now you're not all here, and I don't know why. Uh, yeah, and it's it's a very sweet yeah moment. it's it's you get this nice softness from misfire which we've always seen misfire is kind of like he, he's kind of a jackass but like you you like him he's very likable but yeah he shoots his mouth off and he doesn't seem to really care and and it, it's interesting to see him kind of being very patient and taking the time to try to teach grimlock how to spell how to you know understand yeah. this is the spelling of his own name um and yeah, like being like, you, I don't know what happened to you. And he's even saying that they would scare new recruits by telling them about Grimlock and being like, that guy's out there, which is uh, not wrong. Like, yeah, that's that's fair. I will say there is a panel where he calls him Grimsy, which is uh, pretty cute. Immediately cute. So that's the thing, too. We've been away from these guys for so long. So at this point, they've had three years with Grimlock or, you know, however time is passing in the comic. But it, Huge yeah, I mean, he's been around. Like, he's a guy on the ship. Yeah, like, he he's with them now. And so immediately, also in these panels, we're getting very clearly the sense that Misfire is, he's the one who's kind of, he's close to Grimlock. And yeah, they're bummed. calling him Grimsy. It's, it's very cute, immediately. Uh, and and so he's, he's saying all these things, and he's saying... Uh, I don't know when it happened or why or who was to blame, but you are a prisoner, uh, and I don't think this has anything to do with Garrus 9. I have a contact who says you went missing, uh, and he says missing specifically, like not escaped or like sprung, like like got out, he said missing. Uh, right, which is very interesting, like immediately, like yeah. what Misfire is saying here, because... And yes, that's where we, because we kind of touched on this back in, way back in the episode where we covered 7 and 8. The last time we saw Grimlock, yeah, he was being held at Garrus 9. When Overlord took over, uh, Grimlock was still there. And by the time the record showed up, he wasn't. And that's where the mystery is. Like, what uh, happened and, between... Right. It, it, we, we, we don't know what happened in that span of time that made Grimlock sort of go missing. Uh, but in response, Grimlock grabs the, the marker out of Misfire's hand that he's been using to, like, teach him and draws a G on the board. Mm. It, oh, God, it's so cute. And then Misfire's very excited, and he grabs him by the face, and he tells him, <laughs> well done. And he's asking if he's smiling under there, because, of course, Grimlock's face, he's kind of right. got... Uh, He's got like a got big faceplate. Face yeah. Um, uh, and Grimlock pees himself. He does. 
He drains his tank and misfire, of course, because he's still he is still misfire. So his immediate reaction is be like, God damn it. And like he, right. he even kind of rears back like he's about to hit Grimlock um, because that's, you know, it's one of those things like if your friends, if you're yeah, like he's that's how he reacts because he's used to being around. Well, yeah, I mean, his friends and if yeah, if, if your friend starts peeing on your feet, <laughs> you punch like, him. Hey, like, dude, uh, what are you doing here? Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't hurt him. He just kind of sighs. And yeah, and then it's sad because then he just said uh, he's asking, who did this to you, buddy? And he asks, who hurt you? And in response, Grimlock starts choking him. He grabs him by the throat, and that's where we leave them. Yeah, and then we go to the TV room. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it just <laughs> keeps getting better. Um, we have Fulcrum we have... and Crankcase, like sitting on a couch which i don't think i've ever seen in transformers yeah like even i mean i guess we kind of do like when we think about like movie night at swerve sure, that's true they're all kind of hanging out and watching movies um but yeah it's it's very much a, a james roberts thing but we do know that they have couches because if we'll remember back to ongoing uh Optimus Prime has been sleeping on Ironhide's couch, lest we forget, because it's one of my favorite lines in <laughs> all of IDW, um, because it's just so ridiculous sounding. Um, so they're watching uh, what ends up being like stand-up comedy. It's, yeah. uh, oh my God, and it's just so funny. Um, the entire thing, and even the way it's written, it sounds like, like it, com- it comes across very easily. You can hear this being a stand-up bit, like the way that the, the comedian is interacting with the crowd um, and his whole bit he's doing right now. He's talking about the infiltration protocol, right. which is where phase six comes in. There's phases uh, one through six and then presumably seven after six. Uh, and he's, he's talking about phase one infiltration. Sure. That's the protocol. Fine. Phase two stirring things up. Someone says uh, <laughs> he says it's destabilization and nobody knows what phase three is. Right. What is phase three? And nobody has an answer. And he's like, literally nobody in the world knows. And Crankcase is starting to talk and Fulcrum is like, shh, shh, I'm trying to watch this. <laughs> um, and and so, yeah, the, the audience is like guessing what phase three is. They're throwing out suggestions. Um, Someone but, says paperwork. <laughs> and he's uh, interacting with the crowd. And um, crowd work. It's a big part of being a comedian. Yeah, and clearly he's very good. He has, you know, this is an, an entire show that they're they're watching it on TV, so he must be good. Um, and then he he says that he's been on infiltration squads before, and uh, the room reacts, and uh, and he says, "Don't worry, there weren't any planets you cared about." So again, <laughs> just very much, it's it, it feels very realistically like. Uh, a stand-up bit. I read it in Louis C.K.'s voice, for what it's worth. Right, you can hear Louis, like, yes, he's very, very easily one you can hear delivering this particular set. Um, and uh, he's going on about the protocol, and, like, after phase two, what now? Um, we just go straight to phase six. Um, Which is total annihilation. Right, that's where the phase sixers comes in. So, like, the... The infiltration protocol is supposed to be these five phases, and then by the time you get to phase six, they're just kind of like the tipping point. Like, right. you send in the phase six or two, just completely... Wipe everything away. Yes. Like, that is the last one. You All you have to do is push, and the entire thing, the house of cards falls. Um, 
And uh, so he's talking about the fact that, like, oh, like, that's the joke is they can send the phase sixers. We've done one and two. Um, and Megatron is, uh, oh, it's 75 years ahead of schedule. And uh, so then, of course, Megatron gets brought up. So he's like, oh, Megatron, he's an Autobot now. Um, right. And they're essentially Starts saying. doing work on that, which is funny. Right. Yeah. It's it's really, really good. And obviously, we can't do it justice just kind of. I mean, uh, I could. I just don't want to. We could do the entire thing for you right now. But, you know. Um, well, and it's funny because he, he says Megatron the Autobot. I know, right? Um, and he's saying you can always tell a closet Autobot. But then, <laughs> apparently, there are some people within the Decepticon cause or formerly Decepticon cause who think that this is Megatron performing his own infiltration protocol, like Megatron's entire deal here, which is interesting. It is a thing that you're like, sure, yeah, right? I can see him being a Decepticon. Like, no, no. I mean, that's a theory people have, I'm sure. Sure. Maybe I mean, because it, it, uh, right, right. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's, uh, and, and of course, then the joke there is the fact that like even Megatron doesn't know what phase three is. <laughs> right. Like he's done. Like, oh, I should have wrote it down. <laughs> he's done phase one. And I do love he does get a jab in here. So we we refer to the Lost Light in these because he's saying that right. uh, Megatron is on board a ship with the biggest no hopers <laughs> you could ever imagine, which uh sorry, Lost Lighters. <laughs> Poor guys. Um, and he's saying that they're just the absolute worst. And this is the ship that he's on. Um, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, he infiltrates, he destabilizes, and then he won't know what phase three is because nobody knows what <laughs> phase three is, which it reminds me of, um, like the infiltration protocol would just be that like step one, infiltration, step two, destabilization, steps three through five question marks, <laughs> and then step six is profit. That makes That's sense. what it makes me think of. Uh, we'll figure it out. That's yeah. Okay. I mean, that's how all of Silicon Valley is run, so. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. But, but we cut away to Croc sort of going through some ventilation shafts, it looks like. It says he's on the bridge. Yes. So it, he's waking up from oh, where okay, he... Yes. So when the ship crashed, they all got knocked out. <laughs> At least that's how it seems. And now Croc is finally coming back online. And um, oh, poor guy. He's even like... <laughs> Is everybody okay? That was just his immediate thought when he wakes up. And of course, everybody's gone. They're all doing their own thing. So nobody uh, took care of Croc when he... He seems he, so sad. Yeah, poor uh, Croc. And he immediately goes to the fridge to discover his injects was shrank uh, uh, by misfire, which we we saw. His injects was clearly labeled. Yeah. But he finds something else to drink. Uh, he's walking out. He's got a can with a straw in it. Um, and he's... Uh, Right, he walks TV in room. and we see the stand-up is still going on on TV. Yes, and uh, he's, yeah, and, and and of course now the comedian's talking about, like, why didn't they just send all the Phase Sixers to planets at one time? Like, you could have just wiped them, which... Yeah, just throw them at the Autobots. Yeah, it'll be fine. Just kill all the Autobots, and then you can do whatever you want. Um, and uh, Croc, of course, is now asking what they're watching, and... Uh, <laughs> I love it because even Fulcrum is like, uh, oh, he's a post-war comedian. He's the self-hating Decepticon. He <laughs> He's edgy. He says the unsayable. He goes um, there. <laughs> and Fulcrum is very clearly loving this. Fulcrum is just having a great time watching the stand-up. Um, and Croc is immediately like, yeah, I'm sure he 
isn't so like I'm sure he's not going to say anything about the DJD. Um, and I love Fulcrum's next thing just because of how casually he says it and just everything about it. He says, this is from his No Hard Feelings tour, which like that line alone, <laughs> I'm in love with it. The, the No yeah. Hard Feelings tour. Oh the my God. The Decepticons would be like, hey, our bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. He talks about how he has like Starscream and rap that stuff. Um, and then he does voices for him, apparently. <laughs> And uh, Crankcase apparently is not amused, and uh, Fulcrum's like, oh no, he just has facial paralysis right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, which... And he's, uh, Croc says, why won't you let Spinister fix that? He's a brilliant surgeon. Uh, and he says, well, Spinister is a brilliant surgeon who classifies random objects as good or bad, depending on the sound they make when he punches them. <laughs> which, so yeah, again, we're touching on, uh, that's probably a good explanation as to why Misfire was full on bait when they were playing a pretend game of shoot, shoot, bang, bang. Um, and Croc is then distracted. He's like, wait a minute. I know the dude on the TV. So Croc is like, I know that guy. And Fulcrum loses his mind. He just starts laughing so hard. And it turns out part of this is Skull Cruncher is the comedian on TV. And um, one of his bits, it turns out, is about Croc and Fulcrum just thinks it's the funniest damn thing. Um, and it's, it's <laughs> poor Croc. Um, he talks about the monoformer. So right. there you go. Uh, Croc is a monoformer. And uh, he calls him an incompetent strategist who named himself after his dead pet. Um, which I do, those bits are interesting because Croc's initial Gen 1 toy, he was an action master, but those didn't transform. Like, hmm. so, which is, is why he would be a monoformer. That makes but sense. then, yeah, they also came with um, little, like, companions. And his was a crocodile named Gatorator. So there you go. That's the... There's a little toy joke for everybody. There you go. Him uh, being after his dead pet. And Croc says, no, this guy sucked. <laughs> and, uh, and he's yeah. like, well, now he's a billionaire. So... <laughs> Thanks uh, to the... he shows him the merchandising. <laughs> Which, is it like a... Frisbee? I thought it was a commemorative plate. Right. Like, I can't tell exactly what this is. Either way, it, it's this, like, gold disc. Right. And it's, it's, like says... a, it's like a metal that you would put yeah. on, like, a, a ribbon around your neck or something. Uh, and it, it says, the No Hard Feelings Store, Autobot Decepticon War, second place, awarded for effort. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, Fulcrum's like, don't worry. I got one for each of us. You can have that one. And Croc <laughs> immediately flings it into the television. Right. It destroying explodes it. in there. Uh, <laughs> And he says, guys, this sucks. What are we doing with our lives? Uh, the whole ship's falling apart. We never have any money. And when we're not playing shoot, shoot, bang, bang, which is copyrighted. Uh, <laughs> it says vandalizing Autopedia, which presumably is like Wikipedia. Or trolling the big conversation, which a little insert tells us is Decepticon Facebook. Uh, mm -hmm. We're dismantling our dead comrades, which we know is true because they're the scavengers. Yes. Uh, he says we need to get a grip because the war is over and it's not going to start again. So we need to figure out what we're going to do now that <laughs> he says it's every lazy Decepticon's worst nightmare, <laughs> lasting peace. Which, yeah, I mean, if you are a person who doesn't really want to do much, but you're like, yeah, I'll just join up with the Decepticons. Yeah, and then there's I a war going on. Much. That settles my future. Yeah, I'll just do that. I'll just be at war. 
and now there isn't a war. And right. So he's like, what? he's trying to drive home that they should be doing something. Um, and clearly seeing a skull cruncher has kind of tipped this. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's woken it inside of him. And he says, like, look, uh, the Autobots won, Megatron flipped, Starscream is in charge of Cybertron, and, like, nobody likes Starscream. <laughs> right. He says, if the Autobots were upfront about trying to kill us, I wouldn't trust Starscream to tell me my own name. Yeah, so, like, he doesn't want to go to Cybertron. None of this is looking good for them. This doesn't bode well. Um, everything that's happening right now. Right. And I mean, he's... the plan is, like... If we're going to Cybertron and we know Starscream's in charge, that's not good for us. Right. Like, we should be rethinking. We should be doing something else. And clearly, he's very, very upset. And he's clicking. And we've seen him clicking before. We saw him back in issues 7 and 8, particularly in 8, he was clicking something. He's got something in his hand. Um, and they had said that before. Like, just ask Croc what's in his hand. Um so it's almost like a pen, like when people nervously click pens or something. That's what it kind of seems like. Um, and Fulcrum is, he he's very quickly kind of soft and just like, hey, what's wrong? He's what like, are you, hey, are you okay? Matter, yeah, and it's sweet. He's saying you started clicking again. Um, and Fulcrum, or, and Croc is like, I mean, yeah, this is about Skullcruncher. It's about, like, all these, he's seeing these former Decepticons who are now doing things. Um, and he's saying that they're becoming successful while he is writing his name on cans of cheap NJX. And um, so then he brings up more examples. He knew a guy, Agonizer. They were built side by side. They had trained together. Um, they would go out every night decapitating Autobots. And now, and this is interesting, he says, now he's an antiquarian on Trojan Major. He's settled down. He's happy and fair play to him. Which I do just want to remind everybody... Nautica, we suppose, found her that original copy of Towards Peace that she gave to Rung. She found it on Trojan Major. So there's a good chance she got it mm. from Agonize there. Interesting. Um, yeah, just a little cute little tie back there. We would, one could guess. Um, and he's saying, Bite Back, who was an MTO, which we know is a made to order soldier. Um, and he he's the one who ended up launching he was their mark zuckerberg he right. he launched the big conversation the the decepticon social networking site and now yeah he's he's raking it in which yeah like sometimes you do you like what croc is saying here you're just there are moments when you're like yeah you have been there where you're just kind of like wow yeah there I'm are a lot of people of yeah, you're like, man, I should probably be doing more, shouldn't I? Um, but uh, Crankcase says, like, what do you mean every lazy Decepticons for a nightmare? We have adventures, we do stuff, and we've <laughs> seen that happen. They they save yeah. the universe. They've uh, done so much stuff. But, of course, they don't remember saving the universe because it was uh, all like Exactly. That's that's what he said. Is if if it if everything works, they'll never remember it happened. Um, <laughs> we know you did it. And, uh. and and he says, "No, we don't do stuff. Stuff does us." And he's saying we need to step up and take charge of our lives and do what we want to do. And that's when uh, he says, "No more surprises." And Grimlock breaks through the wall <laughs> with Misfire like clutching onto him for dear life. <laughs> He's like on his back, like got in his arms around mode. his neck. 
Yes. So yes, Grimlock is full Tyrannosaurus Rex, <laughs> bursting through the wall. He just like Kool Aid Man through. We can see the other bots go flying. It's very cartoony. Even in this next panel, we can see Croc is like fully like face planted into the wall. Um, and Fulcrum is immediately trying to. He's just. He says he's got it. He's got it. Nobody needs to panic. Um, but Crankcase does start shooting at him. Right. Uh, and Misfire says, hey, hey, don't do that. He, he, he would have passed out uh, because, he, you know, this stuff happens. Just let, right. him, let him wear himself out. Right. Because, uh, again, they've been at this for a long time at this yeah. point. We haven't been with these guys. But, yeah, this is they, they, they all know how Grimlock works by now. Um, uh, and, and Croc says, lock him in his room. And Misfire gets all huffy. He's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah. He's got his arms crossed. Yeah, uh, putting up a hand like, ah, yeah, fine. Like, no, this keeps happening, and it gets worse every time. Uh, yeah, he's saying that they don't think that they can train, they can house train Grimlock, and now he's getting stronger, and one of these times, Misfire's not going to be able to contain him. Uh, and, and Misfire says, like, oh, don't worry, because next time, and he's talking to Fulcrum here, he says, you can just get your old squad to come help us out, right? Uh, and Fulcrum's like, hey, come on, that's not cool. Yeah. Like it's so because yeah he's he's shooting back as a low blow back at Croc and he's you know talking about oh yeah just click your click your whatever you have go, call in your old troop um, yeah and Fulcrum's trying to keep the peace and Misfire tells him essentially to fuck off um, he's saying that they've been walking on eggshells about this for years they've been putting up with Croc and um, and essentially saying like we just need to fight we need to get this out there but before they can. <laughs> Sweet precious spinister shows up and is saying that the giant TV is talking to him again and it changed its face and he says his name is Damus and they're all <laughs> like just like okay that's a communicator that's that's, that's not TV come on buddy we talked about this <laughs> poor spin uh, and Damus we we cut to it and we see Damus and he he's got like a football helmet on you know, he kind of looks like Fulcrum's look yeah. Um, and, it's almost, and yeah, says, almost oh, like you guys must be the scavengers. And they go, it's pronounced scavengers. Because <laughs> it's like the, the logo font that was used. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, like a handwritten almost. And it's it's got a green gradient on it. Uh, it's very particular. Yeah, it's all graffiti looking. It's very, uh, it's a little 90s. Yeah, which I think fits these guys perfectly. And, and Fulcrum's even, or uh, I'm sorry, that's Croc. He's like, I don't know how I feel about the name. We're just Decepticons. Because, of course, now we also know where Croc's head is now. Like, now after this little blow-up, he kind of had this little sure. rant. Or, like, right, he's kind of on edge right now about where he is and his positioning and everything. Um, and the fact that he's the head of a group called the Scavengers. Um, so, But he does say, we're just try, trying to make a modest living. We're just five Decepticons. Um, uh, and Damus is like, okay, cool, good, because I have something I want to tell you. Come over. And he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, they hang up with him. Uh, they land the ship. Uh, well, they've already landed the ship. We right. I, I, I like ship. that two of them transform, Spinister and uh, Misfire transform, and then Fulcrum, Croc, and Crankcase are just like holding on to them. Yeah, they just they take a grip, and the flyers are taking them to where they need to go. I like that Fulcrum puts his goggles on. Yeah, and, that's cute. <laughs> um, 
And uh, so on their way there, Croc is kind of giving them a rundown on Death uh, on Damus, and he's saying Death Source gave him an onboard discharge after the war ended, and now he has his own scrap metal business, and it's very successful. Which we have met Death Source at this point, and we're like, yeah, I could totally see that happening. Death Source very good to his dudes. Yeah. So this all adds up with what we've seen. Uh, um, and Crank Case is <laughs> like, so are we gonna kill him and take all the money? <laughs> Uh, and he's like, no, I'm joking, but we could, uh... yeah, but for real, are we going to, are we going to kill him and take all this money? Um, and Fulcrum is like, come on, that's his friend, which it, I can't remember at which point I like realized this. Um, and I think it might've been in the previous part with, uh, the, with, uh, uh, Croc's rant and everything. But if anybody listening has watched the show, we brought it up a couple minutes ago. Uh, Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley, pardon <laughs> me. Um, he kind of reminds me of Jared Dunn on that show. It's just kind of like trying to keep the peace. Like, <laughs> you guys, anytime uh, if somebody's going to snap at somebody else, he's kind of like, oh, okay, like, hey, let's, let's come on. Yeah. We're all friends here. We're all getting along. He's like, be um, mean to me instead of your friends. Right. And he's even the newest guy. Like, he's, That's he hasn't. True. He doesn't have as much history as everybody else. Um, also, Crankcase is just Guilfoyle. Like, <laughs> no doubt about that. Oh, I love this. <laughs> so there you go. You can have that in your head. Uh, if you're that makes... Company. If not, uh, please watch it. The big conversation, Hooli, right? Yeah, absolutely. God, we can make a whole thing about this. We but, can. so... this is That's today's alt mode, everybody. Stay tuned. You know what to uh, look forward to. <laughs> but Croc says, well, I, I mean, I didn't know him personally. We were just both in the monoformer, militant monoform movement, Triple uh, M. Uh, yes, which we've so. just slightly on the show before. It's right. Kind of- it's, it's just a, a pseudo-religious group that says, hey, never transform. Yes. And he talks about the fact that, like, this guy was so hell-bent on being a monoformer. Like, even seeing somebody else change could make him sick. Um, he had all of his kibble removed, which kibble, if anybody's confused on that, is just, like, the extra bits. Like, it's, uh, like, extra pieces that go with your alt mode or what have you hmm. uh, that show up on your robot form. Sure. Um, like so, yes. He's, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So... That's, you know, he's very, guys, very, very strictly into being a monoformer. Um, and he's saying that they got back in touch through the Triple M subgroup on the BC, which is what they call the big conversation. <laughs> right. Uh, and so they, they, they get in and Fulcrum says, it's a nice dump. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, he can't be that rich. Like, look around and cross like he, he owns 14 moons. And they're like, well, what? <laughs> He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. He collects vintage moons. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as Julie, he's like, he does not, does he? Like, for real, though? That's, that's crazy. Uh, uh, Crankcase starts panicking. He goes, oh, my God. He's going to give us jobs. We're going to be employees. <laughs> I My note here just says, preach, sister, because, oh, my God, this panel <laughs> is like the summation of my adult life. Like, anytime, like, I have a job, but anytime I like have to think of like I do freelance work, so like the thought of like being everything Crankcase is saying. Oh my god, we're going to be on payroll. Uh, we're gonna. I can't. I'm. Oh my god, I'm gonna. Yeah, well, he's and, kind of panicking, and I'm like, me, I get it. It just reinforces the Silicon Valley thing of like, oh my <laughs> yeah. god, I don't want to fill out timesheets. Don't do this to me. Yeah, there is just something about it. I think, but I'm I'm totally with Crankcase, and like this panel speaks to me 
on a very real level here, um, which I do think is just so funny and random. And again, I love the way that the the uh, scavengers are written, how their dialogue is written, because it does, again, it feels very casual. It feels like the way, it feels more the way I think we as people speak than right. even the the rest of the lot. Yeah, the, the quippy sort of... Uh... Yeah. Uh, but they they hear a voice and it's Demas and he's saying, "Hey, uh, there's inhibitor chips. Go ahead and put those on." And they sort of inject inhibitor chips that'll prevent them from using their transformation cogs. And he says, "Don't worry, they'll burn out in an hour." Uh, he just doesn't want anyone transform transforming while he's around. Yes. And he says, "I'm sorry, I have a condition." Which is both cute and funny. Yes, yes, it's both of those. Yeah, he's even right. Like he had to talk to them through a, like a loudspeaker because he didn't want to get. Right. He didn't want to look at them until it's he was possible sure. that they were jets. Right, and even like as they were landing, they were like, "Hey, don't let him see you transform," right. because again, he's very sensitive about this. Um, and Croc says, you know, he seems distracted. Asks if he's expecting someone else, and he says, "Yeah, I'm always expecting somebody else." um paranoid yes so clearly yeah we're getting a very specific idea of this guy right away um so they're kind of going through this maze of you know shelves it's almost like a warehouse that they're walking through um he's saying that they're he's in the middle of taking stock and they're like i thought you did scrap metal and he's like well yeah but i also make these toys yeah Um, and he he says yeah they're toy pets uh yes he says, I start off making domestic appliances, and people like the ones with faces, so I branched out. <laughs> yeah. So, right. So you imagine, right, they're almost like those little, um, like the little robot, like puppies and cats you Like an can get bow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, and they're big boxes, and you can see the different animals in the different boxes, and they're called roboids. Um, at least uh, I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I've been saying it. I like uh, that because one of them is a bird, so he's a roboid. <laughs> Which sounds extra cute. Uh, so, yeah, Damus is just like, yeah, I mean, they're just kind of, they're fun. They have a limited battery life, and uh, and he, right. he's saying, yeah, he's, I can't. He's just got some glow-in-the-dark stuff on him, you know. Yeah, it's just, uh, right. He's just saying they're just, you know, it's fun merch. People like them. And, uh, uh, and Fulcrum says, can I have one? And he's like, no, I mean, I'm way, way, way backward. Yeah, like they're all priests. It's crazy right now. It's I right. mean, we got Black Friday coming up. It's gonna be nice. <laughs> so even if I wanted to, I couldn't sell you one of these roboids. Uh, which now I'm just hearing bird every I time. Know. I know. I, I <laughs> as soon as I, I <laughs> like read it, I was like, oh, like boids. <laughs> That's a cute boid over there. Um, so they go to his office, and uh, so of course now we are down to biz in here and um immediately <laughs> i do love crankcase is like okay i want it and he's like okay <laughs> i want triple the decepticon stipend a company speedster each and it has to be new and we get 15 <laughs> recharge breaks a day that's 15 which <laughs> immediately ridiculous demands um also yeah. i get I love the demons is immediately like, oh, I would never in a million years hire any of you for anything. Right. He's like, "Uh, no, that's that's not why you're here. Um, And then he tells him why they're here. He wants their prisoner. Right. He wants Grimlock. He wants Grimlock. He wants the Dinobot. Um, And he wants to buy him. 
And I do love, we have quick, like, tiny panels of the the boys all reacting and misfire seems surprised and crankcase of course they're all kind of surprised and fulcrum's like wait that's weird and mr is angry and he's saying what (laughs) am i even reacting to and is it appropriate to be angry is is it okay for me to be angry right i he's trying to read the room and he's just going to react the way everybody (laughs) else reacts um and the only (laughs) he's so sweet the only one who's not surprised is croc who's like Cool your jets, everybody. Listen to how much he's going to give us for Grimlock. And he uh, is going to give them half each. Half a billion each. And each. They're, they're, they're shocked. They're very shocked. I love Crankcase's face. <laughs> they all look so cute in their shocked panel. Um, they're all like, oh, dip. Like, uh, that's walking around money. Yeah, that's, that's catch your dream money right there. Yeah. Uh, and after he drops that bomb... Um, his phone starts going off. Yeah, Demus he, gets a, he gets a notification. Yeah, so he's like, okay, I'm going to be right back. Yeah, you guys think this over. I'm going to go take care of something. Yeah. Yeah, Croc says, okay, let's talk about this. Yes. Because uh, that is an absurd amount of money. It, right. Demus and for like a yeah, living oh, yeah. person who's been with them for a long time now, as we were just discussing. Um, uh, but yeah. Demus is sort of slinking through the halls and he's on the phone with someone. Um, and he's, he like the, the dotted line bubbles indicate that he's whispering, yes. uh, which is cute. Uh, <laughs> he says, well, I, yeah, I mean, of course I'm whispering. I'm a target. Like, uh, right. he's saying, I, I agreed to help you out because you guaranteed me protection. Uh, and so he's talking to someone. He's clearly worried about something. Yeah, so that paranoid kind of feeling we were getting from him is coming from somewhere. Right. Um, and yeah. like you said, he's always expecting someone. So it's kind of like, what's going on here? Who is he talking to? What is he afraid of? Who's uh, going on? Yeah, who's who's going to shoot him to bits, as he yeah. says. But we cut back to the boys, and Croc is saying, like, Crankcase, you could buy your own starship. <laughs> Uh, you could get your head fixed by the best neurosurgeons in the galaxy. He says, Spinister, you could go hunting all the time. Constant safari spin. You could just, and he says, imagine all those little fleshlings running for their lives. Yikes, Croc. Okay. Um, and Fulcrum, aka Jared Dunn, is like, are you really okay with this? Um, and yeah, Croc is like, yeah, of course I am. It's, why aren't you like it's half a billion you can use that money to do anything you want and he says i'm doing what i want Uh, that's real cute it it, see it's so jared like that's very jared here like no this is exactly what fulcrum wants to be doing he it's now i just want to make the joke that uh he feels like julia roberts in pretty woman (laughs) he's putting on hats He's doing exactly what he wants to be doing here. Uh, um, for, for anyone who hasn't been watching <laughs> Silicon Valley, it's real good. It's on HBO. It's so you can good. find it online pretty easily if you If like. you find this stuff funny, I feel like yeah. you will find Silicon Valley funny. Uh, the first season is a little so-so, but it gets really, really good. It amps up. Promise. Uh, it's only six episodes you gotta get through. I promise yeah. you'll dig it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we go back to Demas, and he's like... Well, uh, that's it. I'm dead because a shadow kind of looms over him. Yeah, because he's saying he that there's a list and he knows that he's on it, and he he can't expect to do what he's doing and not go unnoticed. Right. And he's begging this person to please come help him. And then yeah, the shadow falls and he's like, oh, never mind. It's done. I'm dead. Which is like, whoa. 
Yeah, that's not good. No. And to be so resigned to your fate, my goodness. That's, wow. Uh, uh, we cut back to these boys arguing. And, yes. And uh, of course. Hawk is finally addressing Misfire, who we know yes. is Grimlock's best friend on the ship. Uh, and Misfire, of course, is very, he's got like the crossed arms. He's very upset by this. Um, he's even like, oh, hey, good. You remembered I even exist. Thank you. And uh, Croc is saying, listen, I, you, I know you're trying to rehabilitate him. And I know we were supposed to take him home. I know these were the plans, but things change. And, and again, he's saying here, like, Starscream isn't going to be glad that they bring him Grimlock. Yeah, he's, he says Starscream's going to see it as a threat. And he's right. Starscream would freak out. Yes, we all know how Starscream functions. If it had been someone else in charge, there is a good chance they might be like, oh, shoot. But yeah, Starscream's going to see these guys roll up with Grimlock and be like, oh my god, take him out. Um, and uh, and even Misfire is saying, you know, how is pawning him off to a stranger a guaranteed better outcome for Grimlock? Um, and then he says, and besides, I didn't think we were even going back to Cybertron. Right, uh... And as as this conversation is happening, we can see, uh, again, Demas is getting shot at by somebody. Yes. And Fulcrum, yeah, as he's running, he's being shot at. And Fulcrum brings up a very good point, which is like, why does this guy want, like, why is this guy willing to pay 2.5 yeah. billion Shanix for a brain-damaged Autobot? Like, that's... That's, that's, a, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So that's a very good question. He's saying, and... Besides, we should put it to a vote. Right. And we voted. Hawk, right. Yeah, he says, we, we voted when the DJD was going to kill us, so let's vote what to do now. Yes. Uh, and Croc says, I vote to sell because half a billion. Right, that's it. That's his argument is three words. Like and he's like, fine. argument. Uh, and he tells Misfire to state his case, and he says... And, of course, Misfire kind of gets a little defensive at first. He's like, "What do you want me to talk about my feelings? Do you want me to bear my soul here? And he says, fine. In response to your three words, Misfire's three words are, he needs me or Misfire needs Grimlock, which is adorable. Like, oh, my God, how about you just punch me in the heart gut some more? Yeah. Um, and uh, Fulcrum backs him up. He's yeah, saying so he's voting don't sell. sell. So if if you've ever listened to bracket vote tracking is sort of my job on that show. So right now it's two to one. <laughs> and uh, then we got that because then, of course, we still have Crankcase and Spinister have to make their votes. And Crankcase says he's voting to sell. He really wants his own ship. And uh, he says, sorry, Miss Fire. I really uh, want my own ship. And Spinister says, sorry, Miss Fire. I really don't like Grimlock. It's so, so sad. So sad. Uh, it's three to two in yeah. favor and, of selling Grimlock. And it is interesting because though Croc's face is very covered, he does look smug there. We get a kind of a sense of yeah, not, maybe not even smug so much as like looking down his nose and being like, yeah, we did it. Yeah. Like this is exactly what he thought was going to happen. He, yeah, this is the outcome he predicted. Uh, uh, and then and, it, once once the meeting has adjourned, Demas flies in through the window, glass shattering, looking like he just got thrown yes. and beat to shit. Because uh, he, he has. Yes, and he immediately tells them to run. And Misfire's trying to ask him who did this to him. And he just, he's just kind of ranting. He's saying, he's been after me for months, I didn't think. And then he gets his head blown off. Yeah, he's fine. 
Like, uh, right. it gets, like, then, thrown through his head, like a shield kind yes, of... a badge, if you yeah. will. Yeah, there it you says, go. That's the word. It says, duly appointed enforcer of the Tyrest Accord. Uh, and I didn't know we still had those. We do, yes. And it's interesting, because even if we take a moment to look at the badge, we can see it has an Autobot and Decepticon symbol on I it. I noticed that. Uh, it's a cool look. It is. And, uh, yeah, the person holding the badge now, because, of course, it is not our dear, precious Ultra Magnus, because he gave up that title. It is, oh, shit, what up? It's Fort Max. And he's yeah. saying, all right, who's next? Uh, and we, we, we finally get the title drop. Some of my best friends are Autobots, which Aww. I love. I love. And that's true for me, too. Like, you and I, pretty hard in the paint Decepticons, but for real, some of my sure. best friends are Autobots. They side with Autobots. Uh, and that's okay. When when people say I'm discriminatory against Autobots, I say, uh, let me talk to my Autobot friend. Yeah. <laughs> That'll set it straight. Thank you. I mean, he he's, he says I'm barely wrong about these things. <laughs> uh, so, that yeah, that's the end of go. 45. Boom, mic drop, Fort Max. Uh, and we go right into 46. Wow, we're really making business here. Heck yeah. And we can see this cover is grimlock wrecking up the place him king there's no he way around that one fucking king do not get it wrong uh and and we get a, a story so far page saying you know scrap metal guy wants to buy grimlock but then he gets killed by fort max who is the duly appointed enforcer of the tyrest accord so that's where yeah. we are everybody yes uh but yeah so before we jump completely into this let's kind of hop back a second and remember where we left Fort Max last time since right it's been a long surprise. time since we've seen this dude yeah so um issues 21 and 22 were right before Dark Cybertron and that was when they were on Luna 1 and that was where uh Tyrus was and obviously we don't know what happened to Tyrus but um clearly he is no longer right in charge and some of the bots from the Lost Lights stayed behind on Luna 1 and Fort Max was one of them, and so clearly he's the one patrolling and being the the duly enforcer. Officer. Yeah, um, and then as we get into this issue here, we know that um, Red Alert also stayed with him. Not first aid. We're getting it right this time. This is Red Alert, who had been offline on board the Lost Light for a long time. Right. And when they were on Luna One, he was brought back online, and he opted to stay there. So yes. that's where we left uh, these. Red Alert being the guy who was super paranoid and tried yes. to tell Rung. That uh, he heard a voice in the basement. Who, of course, was Overlord. Yes. Uh, so he was taken offline before. because Oh, because he then tried to like decapitate himself. And they were like, okay. Uh, yeah, that's it's, it's a bit much. Put him in a coma and uh, kind of just let him. So, yes, he's okay. So Red is with Fort Max, and that is where we left them, is on Luna 1. Uh, and so now Fort Max is sort of space copping around. Yeah. And um, and here we have, um, he, we get a shot of Max's ship, and he is 10 minutes from Tebra 7. Is te I don't Tebra know. Tebra 7, it. yeah. Tebra, yeah, okay. Tebris, Which is. Tebris. Right. Tebris, 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 Tebris. And so he's he's talking to Red Alert, and Red Alert is saying, like, so I read every edition of Wreckers Declassified, and Fort Max <laughs> is like, that's 332. I mean, that's that's a lot. 
which is a lot, and that's the number of issues of the Transformers, the original comics, um, including the like UK and yeah. So there you go. That's a little like if you follow James on um, Twitter, anyone he has three three two in his name, and that's from the amount of issues of Transformers comics. So there you go. (laughs) Um, So that's a little wink again to the the number of records declassified issues that there are and um or editions right. and uh, now we know that yes fred has been rereading through all of them uh and he he says that not only that i read all the specials and i went through and corrected every typo and fort max is like okay well what does that mean right uh, and red alert's like they weren't typos iron fist doesn't make mistakes he leaves clues so which oh red you are back in true True fashion. <laughs> You're absolutely red alert in it. <laughs> Doubtlessly red alert here. Um, and so he's saying that if you remove the first 18 wrong letters and rearrange them, you get a message that says these are not mistakes. So, uh, for Mac- Yeah, he's like, wait, cracking the code reveals the existence of the code. <laughs> And Red Alert's like, you don't know how deep the wormhole goes. Yeah, you don't get it. It's layers and layers, Max. It's clues upon clues and within and fake false starts and layers. and Which, yeah, again, true form for Red Alert here. And honestly, I feel like I've been Red Alert when trying to like reread fucking <laughs> more than meets the eye. I'll be like, no, 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 no. I know. But... And I feel like, yeah, any of us who try to sleuth around and like figure out what's going to happen, we've sounded like this maniac before. And that's just, it, yeah, it's a pretty real look here. Um, but then he's saying that the next batch of letters, more or less spells, don't trust these messages. <laughs> so it's... Uh, right. And Fort Max is like, wow, hey, that's interesting. Look, there's a crash ship. I'm going to go take care of that. Like, I gotta go do this. So you have to wonder for it. You're like, oh, jeez. Is this just red being red? Or is there actually something right. there? Does this matter? Uh, yes. Uh, and they look it up and, and Red Alert's like, oh, that is the weak anthropic principle uh, uh-huh. registered to a group of Decepticon deserters known as the Scavengers. Which is interesting. Um, because, of course, they would not necessarily have called themselves deserters i don't think right. like that's very much i mean that's obviously the opinion like the DJD and everybody has of them um but uh, yeah so just a little interesting bit there um but so, Fort max, like, right for max is like well time for me to go deal with them then and red yeah. like why what do they do and he's like we need to arrest fort max says it's our job to arrest anyone who sells cybertronian technology to less advanced races and they call themselves the scavengers so clearly they are taking technology and selling it to less advanced races. And even Which Red is like... really what the scavengers do. No, not at all. They're just really just pillaging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, they're and not even pillaging, they're just kind of gleaning, like, what's left over. Yeah, they're, they're more um, vultures than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Red is even saying, he's like, nothing... Okay, everything here, though, says they haven't done anything in breach of the Tyrest Accord. Um, which I, what he says here next is very interesting. He says there's reports that they supplied brainstorm with spare parts, but that's all certainly nothing ultra Magnus would consider. And Fort Magnus often is like, listen, Magnus was a little too by the book. Uh, he was only interested in criminals after the crime. He's trying to like precog this. Sure. Um, 
but yeah, I love guilty that until that, proven innocent. That's right. Sort of yeah, that's kind of the approach Max is taking here. Um, but the brainstorm tells us a lot because we're like, oh, okay. Because of course we'll remember brainstorm had a Decepticon contact. Right. And even in the previous issue, Misfire was saying he had a contact who told him about Garrett's nine. So, so from is, these wordings, right, from can, from these two things, we can conclude. They were uh, each other's They were contacts. each other's contacts, yeah. So, like, Misfire is talking to Brainstorm, and Brainstorm is talking to Misfire. Um, They're so, DMing yes, on the big conversation. <laughs> well, and it, it does go, though, with what Brainstorm said, that he wasn't giving anybody information that they couldn't already find out. Because, yeah, sure. telling him about Garrus 9, who cares? It's not a big... Yeah, he's not... At least as far as we know, he hasn't told Misfire anything. You know, he's been honest so far that he didn't... Right. Give up any information that they didn't already know. Uh, and Fort Max says, okay, so tell me about these guys. And Red <laughs> Alert goes to Autopedia, which last time we remember, they they They're all like, like change their own Autopedia pages. Yeah, they go and a lot. So Red gets into it. He's like, all right, here's what we're dealing with. And immediately he starts off with Misfire of Pretendia. So right away, you're like, okay, this, here we go. Vandalize it. Um, he's a <laughs> <Pretendia>. debonair. <laughs> Pretendia. He's a debonair sharpshooter who once fired a bullet through a bullet shaped hole in a slightly larger bullet whilst riding a bullet train. Sure. Which, <laughs> and of course, he feared and respected by his colleagues, he is credited for introducing Megatron to the world of interpretive dance. All <laughs> true. People. Uh, and Farmax says, I think Pretendi is an Iacon. <laughs> oh my god, you sweet idiots. Um, crankcase of Skellex, again, absolutely, obviously, real. Um, Half-headed fighter pilot, famous for coining the phrase, hold your horses. Which again, <laughs> very Earthian. Um, he uh, once... He Right, he once single-handedly shot down a fleet of Autobot starfighters. He could have used both hands, but wanted to keep one in reserve. Oh, God. Uh, and then, of course, we have Vice Admiral Spinister, was created as a practical joke by a team of scientists <laughs> in response to the shortage of, and we don't know what the shortage was, because Fort Max is like, I'm yeah, here, yeah. I'm putting the GoPro on so you can see what I'm doing, uh... and I'm going to go... Take your TCB. Take yeah. your business. And he starts, he kind of jet bikes in. Yeah, uh, it's almost like a marb. Yeah, yeah, that marb, makes sense. However you want to say it, whichever version it is. Uh, uh, and he says, this won't take long. And Red Alert's like, well, you got a lot of guns for not taking long. And he says, yeah, that's why I won't take long. Yeah, uh, duh, Red. And that gets us up to the current moment after him having shot Demas in the head uh, and everybody yeah. in the room is panicking. Yeah. Um, and we can see the title of this one is just animals. And, uh, uh yeah. Fulcrum and we, is like, you didn't have to kill him. And in Fort Max is like, well, he had a gun. He's like, well, you didn't have to kill him. He's like, but he had a gun. Fort Max is being very just like, I mean, I'm guys, he had a gun. I, like, yes, I did. Dog, have to shoot. Some, some of these people you meet day to day are guns. You can't like <laughs> go by that methodology. Also. Yeah. Like, Fort Max, you have guns in your legs. This has been discussed at length <laughs> on board the Lost Light. People are very into the fact that you have guns in your legs. Um, and even then, Fort Max is like, listen, this guy is garbage, even by your standards. Like, you guys know that this guy sucks. And they were like, 
I do love because Crankcase is like, hey, hey, cool it on the double negatives because some of us struggle. And he's got his thumb pointing at Spinister, who, of course, he has poor spin. Um, and uh, Fort Max tells him they're all under arrest. And Spinister's immediately like, haha, bad luck, guys. And he's like, no, you too. Why? And <laughs> Spinister was like, why? Why me? Um, which I do love that that means Spinister was immediately like, yep, my friends are terrible, but I'm great. <laughs> yep, he's like, peace, bitches. <laughs> you guys must have fucked up someplace. Like, that's all it took. Bye. <laughs> he's out the room. Um, but of course, then, yes, Fort Max is like, you guys are trafficking Cybertronian technology. That's why uh, you're all under arrest. And, and Misfire is like, what? I mean, all of our technology is old by now. Like, yeah, four, it's all, like we stopped making new stuff that wasn't guns four million years ago. Right. We were too busy beating the hell out of each other. And uh, he says we're not even number one when it comes to weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> and Crankcase immediately jumps on that. He's like, oh, my God, for real, though, did you know that the Galactic Council, they've built a geobomb? It's bright red. It's the size of an eyeball. It can vaporize planets. And he's like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm just telling you. And he's saying, it makes me embarrassed for Killmaster's moon gun, which we've heard of Killmaster before. He's been brought up. World brought him up. Um, Fort Max says, well, the Geobomb is based on Killmaster's designs. <laughs> and I love Crankcase's response. Yeah. It's, that Really? You're not just saying that to prove a point? Which I do <laughs> love that it's amazing. immediately like conversational between these two groups. Like Fort Max is like, I'm going to arrest all of you guys, but like... I don't immediately have like issues with yeah, you. Yeah, some time for gossip. Yeah, like we're gonna chat a little bit, um, and it. And I do like because then Croc is like, okay, so what comes next? Yeah, he's um, like, we're not gonna fight you because you can easily kill all of us forever. Yes, he says he killed ten thousand of us on, of the Decepticons on Samanzi, which of course we've talked about Samanzi as well, the massacre. Uh, so clearly, Fort Max did. I mean, as morbid as, as it is, he did very well on Samanzi. Um, and he's saying, I I keep wanting to quote Hamilton here. Uh, I go back to France. Um, but no, he's saying, I escort you to my ship. I take you back to base and lock you up. Uh, and as far as like, wait, no, like right now, like, <laughs> this moment, because I was going to try to escape. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> he says, well, like, you're not going to escape. He's like. <laughs> Well, what if I distracted you long enough for my colleague to turn his rotor blades into a blade and hit you over the head? <laughs> and of course, Matt's, Max is immediately like, oh, shit. And he points his gun at the one with the rotor blades, which is Spinister, <laughs> who has just taken by surprise yeah, and says, Spin what? <laughs> Spinister, of course, was not doing that because he's not that bright. And right. instead, Crankcase shoots him. With the choom choom. I love with a good choom. <laughs> which is the sound his guns make. Um, his like shoulder cannons. So yes, they shoot Max and they make a break for it. And of course, it's, oh, everybody's split up. He can't get us all. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, so Crankcase and, and Crankcase and yeah, Spinister are sort of going the same way. And Crankcase is like, "How do we get out?" And Spinister like, "I don't know. I wasn't paying attention." <laughs> and Crankcase, of course, is like, "You never pay attention." He's like, "I pay attention all the time. You just never notice because oh, Spin, I just can't handle you." Um, and of course, Fort Max is following them in there and he's saying, you know, essentially like, I'm going to find you. Like, I, it's just, it's going to happen. And we have, uh, Croc nervously clicking. We can do the clicks are going and they're whispering to each other. It's Croc and Misfire and Fulcrum. 
and Fulcrum thinks that they've lost him. And Misfire's now getting on Croc's case for clicking his whatever he's got. Um, and poor Croc is like panicking. And of course, he's 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 looking kind of desperate here. He's like, but maybe if and Misfire's had it. Like, this is the moment where he's just over it. And he's saying, if you say anything about calling in your old squad, I am going to go full Thunderwing on you. Which I think is just, he's going to go ham on him. Sure. Um, <laughs> That's got to be a pretty complimentary to Thunderwing. Yeah. Your name is synonymous go. with beating the hell out of somebody. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and yeah, poor Croc. Like, even just his face, which again, is so well done. Because you, right. you can barely see his face. It's just um, his eyes. But he's very expressive. He does look very upset and very kind of uh, desperate here. And uh, Misfire just kind of cuts him off. He's like, you, you're, you're not trying anything because your entire crew is dead. They're not coming. They can't help you. They're dead. And he takes, or he's trying to take whatever right. crop has been Whatever he, the pen type thing he's been clicking. Yeah. Um, and Fort Max is outside sort of like calling down the hall. And he's like, hey... Demas was like pure evil. If you come out here, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> He's trying to just lure him out, which, I mean, fair point to Max. Clearly, these guys are kind of dumb. At least right. some of them might be like, oh, cool. He's going to tell me about it. I'm going <laughs> to come out. Um, so he's not totally wrong for trying that because it might have worked. Uh, but Misfire gets the thing away from Croc and he says, Look, it's not even a communicator. It's someone's index finger, and I'm tired of you messing with it. And Croc uh. says, well, it's a finger and a communicator and a lot more because it belonged to Radar, and uh. Radar turned into a portable telecom system. And again, um, he just looks so sad. Oh, God. And then we get a very uh, brutal... Yes, gruesome. Kind of, yeah, uh, uh, throwback panel here where we cut to a battle Croc's crew was having with the Wreckers, which I would just like to say, well, okay, so in his panel, um, he's describing Radar, and he's saying, um, this person whose finger he's got, and he's saying that he was wonderful, and he was bright, and he was just a decent person, and everybody in his crew, everybody in the squad, they were just good, decent people. And um, then the Wreckers showed up, and they had this fight, and we can see in this panel... And he describes, he says, Roadbuster had had some kind of, I'm not even sure what it was, some kind of six spasm, and he was obviously using so, which is a drug. It's like they're, they're circuit boosters. They're, sure. they're like overclocking. So, um, saying that Roadbuster tore out Radar's spine and made him eat it, pretty, and it was... Pretty, pretty intense. Extremely intense, extremely gruesome. I just want to take a moment with this panel, and it's crazy because of course like when you are reading like last stand of the wreckers and you know these guys forever like when i normally when roadbuster comes up i'm like oh sweet buster and then i get to this panel i'm like oh my god and it's really horrific because it's roadbuster ripping a dude's spine out and then we learn that he had the dude eat it and it's yeah horrific it's awful and that's not it's it's very different from uh what we're used to seeing but but that's why this again this writing is also brilliant because we get it from both sides we're not just hearing the autobot side we're not just hearing the side of the wreckers um and even in last stand they um, they do a really good job kind of giving you more than one view um about what it really means to be a wrecker and then also to be on the receiving end right to to be like confronted by the wreckers 
Yes. So this is a very, very quick, brutal glimpse of being on the receiving end of a wrecker invasion, uh, which, yeah, uh, not the way, not usually where my mind goes when I think about <laughs> we boys. And yeah, particularly Roadbuster, who usually I think of like a giant sweetheart. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Sure. Also, like he was. Yeah, he was kind of out of his mind on drugs too, which is like yikes. Uh, we've Very all been there, where we've I mean, been like crazy <laughs> high, and we make someone eat their own spine. Right, like it's just bringing a real element of reality to it. Yeah, you can't you can't fault somebody for that. It happens. <laughs> we've all been there. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's just that. What I wanted to say about it, um, uh, and and we see Croc like holding poor Radar's finger, yeah. and he says that this is what was left of him, uh, which is, yikes. But yeah. he, he, he points out that it can detect spark signatures with a Decepticon marker, so when he's uh. anxious, he clicks it uh, when they're in trouble to know if there's any Decepticons nearby, and he says usually there aren't. Uh, today, as usual, uh, three, <laughs> and then he looks at it, and he goes, today there are Decepticons near us, there's hundreds. Which uh, is very interesting, immediately very interesting. And like, whoa, wait, what? Like, if he's used to not getting any signals, and now, and we can even see again the surprise on his face or in his eyes. Um, yeah, he's. We, we, we figure out immediately why that is. Fort yes. Max is shouting, Demas was a slave trader, and all of these roboids aren't made from scrap. They're made from Autobots and Decepticons. Which, yikes. So, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Fort Max, not wrong in being like, no, this guy's fucking scum. Like, this guy's the worst. Um, Yeah. He's saying he is taking bots and turning them into product. Um, And yeah. So they're like, wait, okay. So he wasn't selling our tech, he was selling us. And, um, Fort Max lays it out that it's called domestication. It is irreversible. Um, and if you right. find a Cybertronian, someone with like a beast mode, you can mutilate them. Right. You destroy the TCOG to stop them from changing, and you remove their Vox box and rewire their brain uh, until they're just. He says that Demas advertised them as torture dolls. Uh, yeah. So, which like. It's pretty grim super grim and he says that they're half dead but they're alive enough to feel whatever's done to them which is very like even just like reading that like just gives me chills it's very yeah it's fucked up and um and <laughs> i do love fulcrum immediately cuts the tension at least a little bit and it's like we didn't know any of that like he's just shouting he, he even sort of looks like jared there <laughs> he i'm telling you he is totally just yeah i mean He's precious and adorable, like Jared, and there you uh, go. He's he, just him. He, yeah, he turns to Croc, and he's like, right? We didn't know any of that? And Croc was like, no, I didn't know any of that. I swear to God, I did not know any of that. He's very like, oh my God, no, dude, I swear I didn't know. Um, and, of course, Fort Max is continuing, and he's saying that when he kind of confronted Demas about this, his response was, it's a survivor's market. And that was his defense. That's why he did this. He's saying that Demas reasoned that the war was over and that a lot of organics are willing to pay a lot of money to take out their frustrations on a Cybertronian who won't fight back, which again, 
very fucked up and just yeah that's capitalism and so clearly now we know yes where he got all of his money because this is his business it wasn't some cute little at least you hope to God it's not the little robot pets that you got when you were a little kid. Right. You really hope that wasn't a roboid. <laughs> and if it was, I hope you treated it well. Uh, but we cut to Crankcase here talking to Misfire, saying he's wondering if Fort Max is going to find out about Grimlock. Because uh, we remember, he he probably doesn't know about Grimlock. He just knows the weak anthropic principle crashed here. But yes. we cut to Red Alert immediately saying, hey, I just got a transmission. I think they have Grimlock. Right. And of course, yeah, Formax is like, no, they don't. He's like, no, for real. Uh, yeah, I have his prisoner yeah, stamp. He's on their ship. Uh, <laughs> and Formax immediately busts out of there to go get Grimlock. Yeah. And he's like, then I don't... like, hey, we did it. He left. Yeah. How about that? And um, and so, of course, then Fulcrum is now he's approaching Croc about everything he's talked about with Radar. And he's like, well, you should have told me all this a long time ago. And this is, yeah, things get really heavy but important and really good right here. And I love that this comic even is saying all of this because uh, Croc is saying, like, for a long time he couldn't even talk about anything that happened with his squad, with the Wreckers. Um, And he kind of convinced himself that they weren't dead. They were still out there somewhere. They were safe. And that was just kind of what he came up with in his head to ease the right. actual to, to make this bearable for him yeah uh, and misfire calls him crazy yeah he's saying crankcase used to say you were nuts and f- again croc so important and i'm sorry i say again like a million times in these episodes but i repeat myself a lot um croc says you know people wonder why it's so hard to talk about mental health and it's because of things like that like crankcase said you were nuts um which again this is all very very real yeah uh, uh and and he's <laughs> miss fire even says like hey i'm a paragon of sensitivity yeah and croc is saying like it's not just the labeling it's the distancing it's the idea that experiencing mental illness marks you out as bad different and then he kind of lays it on the dotted line which is very uh, like he's this is a very fair point here, which is right. like we've been through four million years of war. Yeah. Like everyone is going to be fucked up, but some people are just better at hiding it. Yes, anybody who they think is normal is just really good at hiding things. Um, and he goes on to say, and these are just yeah, really important, really good panels, and I love that they were written. And um, he's just saying like we are what's going on in our heads. We are our brains, and we were subjected to pain and death and war and hate and loss and grief for 4 million years, we should all be more understanding of each other. Um, and he's saying, uh, sweet darling, he's saying that it, with his half a billion, he was going to build a treatment center for vulnerable Decepticons um, because there, he knows that there has to be more people out there who are like him who are just barely keeping it together. And, which is all very sweet and very like, oh my gosh, Croc. Uh, like, it's, right. But right then, Fulcrum calls Fulcrum. him out and he's like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Like, you were just about to sell out Grimlock for having these same problems. Who needs our help more than anyone? And he's like, well, I was, I mean, I was, it was a means to an end. 
Right. And we can tell he's very, he's not proud of it. He's not, he's very ashamed by the fact that, yeah, that's true. He was going to sell somebody who needs mental help and to help others who need mental help. Um, And and, Crankcase is like, okay, uh, good job, everyone. Fort Max has went out to go get Grimlock. And Misfire's like, what was that message about? Uh, And he's like, oh, that was to go set like i knew that would be intercepted and that that would get fort max to go get grimlock yeah Uh, he's like right what's he gonna do go get grimlock or deal with us yeah he's like we don't matter to him yeah Um, and rightly so misfire is immediately like you are an idiot grimlock was a prisoner on garris nine fort max was a warden at Garrus Nine, right? He's, he's not rearrest him. Yeah, he's not gonna go save Grimlock. They are going to fight, and he and he's just like, we have to go help him. And Croc looks like, yep, I agree. And um, and even Crankcase, because of course Crankcase and Spinister were not amongst all of them. They were just having all these conversations, and so Crankcase is like, what? You were literally just about to sell <laughs> Grimlock. What were you talking about? Uh, and uh, he's like, well, I was wrong, and he's one of us, and he needs protecting. And he's like, Crankcase says, well, we can't do anything about it. And Croc is like, don't worry, I got it all figured out. Yeah, he's a strategist. He's got a strategy. Um, and so Fulcrum's like, okay, he Max has a head start, but we have flyers. We can go, we can get to the WAP before him and skedaddle, which again... Uh, what are these words <laughs> they're using? I love it. But Misfire says, well, we took those inhibitor chips, remember? We have to walk. And Crankcase <laughs> says, no, we don't. And yeah. we'll uh-huh. find out what he means soon. Uh, yeah. We cut to Grimlock, <laughs> and we see Fort Max saying, hey, uh, it's time for you to go back to jail. Uh, yeah. Not on Garrus 9, because that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. He even says, this is your warden speaking. So, like, he's showing up immediately to put uh, kind of Grimlock in this mindset, which is interesting and makes you kind of go, how much does he know about Grimlock's condition? Like, what, a, what like, does he know anything? Right. Or is he just like, I'm going to just speak this way because this is the way he's used to me speaking to him. Even if he did have his, you know, full faculties and was completely aware, maybe, you know, I don't know. Um, but uh, he, because then Fort Max is saying like, Overlord attacked before the Wreckers could show up. You left. And he's saying that Grimlock ran and he really wants to talk to him about this. So that's where yeah, he's that's at in his head. Yes. So, yes, he's saying you in Fort Max's head, wherever he, however much he does or doesn't know about Grimlock, he does think that Grimlock left of his own choosing. Right. Which is interesting because I still wonder how. Would that have even been possible? Uh, and as he's sort of monologuing about this, Grimlock breaks through a wall and attacks him. Yes. Uh, and he says, well, I expected you to attack me. Grimlock headbutts him, and Red Alert is like, hey, he's messing up my view. Yeah, like, wait a minute. I need I need your forehead to be okay, because otherwise your GoPro's going to go out. Uh, and and Fort Max is saying, like, I should have expected you would turn to Septicon again. Uh, Another and, interesting thing to say. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and Fort Max, or Red Alert's saying, like, again, be careful about the camera. 
don't kill him. Uh, incapacitate him if you have to, but don't kill him. And Fort Max is like, he wouldn't not kill me. Uh, yeah. All these Decepticons care about is themselves. Uh. And on the next page, we finally get that Transformers My Little Pony crossover. That is exactly what my notes say. <laughs> my MLP crossover. It's, uh, it's here. They uh, are yes, riding the main six. The scavengers are riding a bunch of ponies. It's Yeah, they're colorful horses. Uh, and they're like full-on Wild Westing it. Uh, these are these are clearly like the the roboids. Yes, they're like the... big mechanical horses. Yes, uh, yes, it's very like Firefly in the sense of being sci-fi western and everything. Yeah, like I can even hear like that like Magnificent Seven music in my head. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This, channel, this entire page. Um, Spin is kind of behind Misfire, but you can see he's got an arm in there. He's having a great time. Uh, Fulcrum's got his goggles on again. Adorable. Uh, and I love this bit, like, Fulcrum's like, I got a bad feeling about this. And Crankcase is like, well, you're writing it wrong. You're supposed to do it <laughs> like this. Which made me double check. I was like, is he riding side saddle? No, but I really wish he was. It looks how... like Crankcase is. I almost thought that at first. <laughs> Which I was really hoping, yeah, when he was like, wait, this is weird. I was like, oh, maybe he's he's riding like a, like a, a lady in old times. Um, uh, but, but of course they get on board. Right, with these, so these ponies, horses so. are on board with them. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, and one rears up and kicks Fort Max and yeah, knocks gets the gun, gun away. away. Uh, but of course he's made of guns. So right, he's I mean, he's, he's all gun, top to bottom, tip to toe. Uh <laughs> And they're like, all right, big boy, let's talk. And he's like, I can still kill all of you. Yeah, like none of this changes anything. You've just shown up with a bunch of colorful ponies. I can still arrest everybody here. He doesn't understand the power of friendship. He really doesn't. But I think, like we were talking about uh, Lost Light, My Little Pony crossover would be great. Clearly, a Scavengers My Little Pony crossover would be amazing. Absolutely. Because uh, they do understand the power of friendship. Uh, uh, and and they're even saying here, like, look, we don't know what your deal with Grimlock is, but we found him and not on Garrus 9. Uh, we've been trying to help him get better. And... Yeah. Which this takes Fort Max by surprise. Right. He seems to almost not believe that. And he, so he talks to Red Alert, and he's like, is this true? And Red Alert's like, I think everybody's lying. <laughs> we know how Red operates. He's like, ah, you're probably lying to me right now. Uh, so, and then uh, uh, Fort Max addresses Grimlock directly, and then he says, and he asks his name. So now, yes, we're like, okay, so he isn't aware of... Right, what whatever happened to Grimlock, Grimlock was not the case on Garrus 9. Yes, and so, at least not as far as Fort Max was concerned, because right. by the time the Wrecker showed up, Max was in a bad, bad way. And if we ever read it for the show or for our extra bonus episodes of our show, uh, you'll see where Fort Max, how they found him. Hmm. Um, but, uh, so, the fact that Grimlock kind of doesn't respond, and he's not responding, right, Fort Max, saying, like, how, how do I don't, know how do, yeah. do like maybe you guys brainwash him. That's a that's a Decepticon thing to do. <laughs> and uh Misfire's like, hey, wow, generalizing. Typical. Um, <laughs> like uh, you can't generalize us. That's what people do in Russia. Um but 
friggin' uh, red alert. I almost said first aid. I'm glad I didn't do it. Uh, he says, like, get Grimlock back here and we'll have him checked out. Fortnax yeah. is saying, hey, we need to take Grimlock. We'll have him checked out. If you care about what's best for him, you'll let me do that. Which and... it's so sweet because Misfire just says, okay. Yeah. That's, like, he does take... care about Grimlock. Uh, uh, gosh, uh, it's so sweet. So precious. Finister, sweet uh, Finister, says, why don't we ask Grimlock? Like, and it is so cute because he, of course, he understands this more, you know, than anybody else on board. He's saying just because he doesn't talk much doesn't mean he doesn't understand what's going on, which, yeah, Spin knows he's been there. People assume he doesn't know anything. Um, I do like that also he says, hold your horses, <laughs> which is a phrase that uh, Crankcase invented. Right. Absolutely. And uh, so Spinister goes to Grimlock and asks him, what do you want? Do you want to stay with us or do you want to go with Fortress Maximus? Uh, and he starts muttering and they're like, oh, he's going to say me Grimlock, which is what right. he always says. But he says misfire. <laughs> he's so and- cute. Oh my god, he's so cute. And more with, like, you can see him emoting, despite the fact that he's just a visor, but he has very pronounced eyebrows. And so, yeah, he looks very cute. Uh, and uh, my and note here is just yeah. all caps, and it just says, oh god, my heart. Because that's, <laughs> like, if there was emoji of, like, a, like a just crying and, like, blowing kisses, that's me with, like, these <laughs> ideas. Uh, and Miss Fire looks very smug. He's like, "All right, he's staying with me." And Fort Max is like, "What? I don't care. You're all coming with me. You're still <laughs> like, arrested. None of this matters. Then you guys can room together when I lock you both up. I don't care." Uh, and and Miss Fire is like, "Hey, Croc, didn't you have a plan?" And Croc's like, "Oh yeah, we put a bomb in Demas's office where all those innocent roboids are." And of course, Max is like, "No, you didn't." He's like, "Oh yeah." Because then why am I holding this detonator? Of course, he clicks. Right. It's uh, the communicator thing. Yeah. Uh, He says, they're primed. Uh, You got 30 minutes. Uh, You better hurry. And Fort Max is like, where did you even find a bomb? (laughs) And he says, well, Fulcrum's an explosives expert. He can do anything. And Red Alert is like, that's true. It says so right here on Autopedia. (laughs) Fulcrum of Chinix has focused focused (laughs) on... on ordnance ever since he won a medal for abject bravery uh again referencing that amazing chin such a great strong chin <laughs> and uh so then of course fort max goes for the the the, the quote-unquote at- detonator yes and of course croc tosses it to crankcase crankcase is like if you come at me i will blow it up right now uh and so he's like you're bluffing and they're staring him down and Crankcase is just keeping on, and Formax is like, maybe he's not bluffing. Yeah, Formax kind of falls back and looks a little like distressed, like, okay, fine. Uh, so he, he, he gets on a up. pony and starts riding off into <laughs> into the sunset, into that western sunset. On uh, and they're break. like, good job, Crankcase, but it turns out he had facial paralysis. Which yeah, is... he's like, I literally can't move my face. That's right. why I was so good at my stare down. <laughs> Ah, you goofs. Uh, and then again, Jared Dunn says, that was brilliant, everyone. That was teamwork. That was such, so well done. Um, and then he's like, you know what? Also, I know I insulted us before about Autopedia. I'm so glad we vandalize Autopedia all the time. <laughs> uh, and so they're like, okay, the WAP, the WAP is good to go. 
where are we going to apply to next? And Croc is now he's got new vigor and he says, we are going to go everywhere. Right. And he plugs in the thing and they can see every Decepticon in the vicinity, a hundred lost souls. Uh, uh, and I can't really tell who this is. It looks like Spinister is saying, well, yeah, he doesn't get it, which is typical. Sure. Um, <laughs> and, and, but they don't, Croc doesn't get on his case. He's like, that's okay. I do get it. And he's saying that he just, he's been comparing himself to other Decepticons for years now. And he's down on himself because of other people's successes. And that, and, but now he's saying that he's done very well. Like Croc is realizing his own potential here and his own merits. And he's saying he was a mess. His squad had died and he didn't have any direction and he was delusional. But thanks to this team, he is better. Like he, he's gotten better. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I love that crank case is like, well, it sounds like you're trying to help people. Right. Like what you're describing, you want to do. Cause yeah, he's saying, let's go do that for other people. Like we have a good team here. You guys have helped me. Or, like, you guys have, you know, given me stability and whatnot. And so, yes, then, wait a minute. That sounds like we're going to go around helping people. And, uh, uh, and yeah, like, yeah, access, I, yeah. I think we're good at that. That's uh, what we're doing. But then this fire <laughs> comes up behind him with a gun. <laughs> he says, yeah, that's a nice plan, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Because they have unfinished business to attend to. And I do love that immediately <laughs> right. Brock Smash is playing Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Misfire is covered, like covered in... in rubber darts. <laughs> he goes, huh, he has fast, fast reflexes. Uh, and now Croc can use both hands. And so <laughs> now he's even better at uh, shoot, shoot, bang, bang. Um, and, and he's saying, like, he, he he's walking with Grimlock, who's in beast mode. And he's talking to him and he says, oh, Grimlock, your room is a mess. And he's like, look <laughs> at this fixed. And Grimlock says, thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> and he, he's like, what? <laughs> Immediately, yeah, Miss Fire's like, what? And he kind of grabs him and he's like, what did you just say? And of course, yeah, he's like, you just said a full sentence. Say it again. <laughs> and Grimlock doesn't say anything. So then he just says, and he calls him Grimsy again, which is adorable. He says, sometimes you remind me of Spinister. And just the fact that, like, they. They can only imagine there's more going on in their heads than anybody realizes, more than Grimlock realizes, and in Spinister's case, more than Spinister realizes. Um, it's, a, it's a Groot situation. Yeah. He's saying all he can do is be patient and pay attention and see what Grimlock does next. And we can see there's like a panel in the room that has the symbol that we keep seeing. Uh, we saw it on Luna One. Yes, we've seen it on Rod and um, uh, Thunderclash's maps to Cyber Utopia. This... Uh, and beneath it are the words "prepare," "confront," and "repel." Uh, the other thing I'll point out: if we go back a couple pages, we can see Grimlock drawing this symbol. Can we? Yeah, if you go back to where Fort Max like first Max finds Grimlock. In. Up in the like that very first panel, you can see Grimlock. He's like holding a pen, and that's like oh that's... yeah. So you're how did I miss it? And it's a little tiny Tyrannosaurus Rex hand. <laughs> yeah, he's got little teensy boy hands. He does. They're teeny tiny. He's holding a pink pen, uh, and it looks very suspicious. So very, or very interesting. Yeah, he is suspicious. 
Uh, and then we go to Fort Max driving away, and he's talking to Rum, which I think is cool. Yeah. Aw. Remember, remember when he kind of accidentally got rung shot because he held him hostage. <laughs> remember all that. They're uh, fine. They're good. And and he's saying like, I've never met any Decepticons like these guys before. And Rung is like, Well, I think most Decepticons are like these guys now. Yeah. And, he's like, You don't talk to a lot of Decepticons though, right. post war. So. And, yeah. and Fort Max is like, Well, maybe I'll have to rethink Decepticons. And Rung is like, oh. Yeah, I think you probably should. Good boy, Rung. Uh, and he's saying, anyway, yeah. there was no bomb in the office like they said there was, uh, but I wasn't upset because there was a note that <laughs> says, it's really cute, and it's written by Spinister in, like, uh, a bunch of wrong size like, caps and everything. Yeah, like caps and lowercase interchange. you are wrong. I've had a quick look, and I reckon domestication process is reversible. You can turn their brains back to normal. Instructions overleaf. Ah, and a signed spinister with two kisses. Ah, and and we can see uh, uh, Fort yeah, Max is just his ship is just packed with these little with cute little beast robot robots. Yeah. Oh my goodness, because yeah, Ron's like, well, what about the roboids? Which again sounds like birds, and there are some birds here. He says, uh, don't worry, they're all taken care of, and he's just covered in animals, which is just so cute. <laughs> I will say. Uh, for for the span of about five minutes, I did look at that spinister note and try and figure out if there was like a hidden code in there somewhere. Oh, did you find anything? I did not. Uh, but that doesn't mean there isn't. I might just be oh, dumb. Right. I mean, yeah, maybe there's more going on in spin. Like, I mean, clearly that's the thing that we we know this even in seven and eight that they talk about that he's, you know, spinister's great with his hands. He can do so much. He's just not always there when it comes to interacting with other people um he's clearly he's brilliant like right spencer's really fucking brilliant he's just yeah he's uh, not the you know oh yeah, easiest he's, he's to not talk super to. great at communicating yeah um and so we have one more page we go to the scrapyard it says two hours too late and there's a giant decepticon ship yep uh-oh. Yeah. It's a big old world sweeper. The logo ships. Um, and it's it's two people talking. We don't know who they are. It yeah, says, but we could see that they're in like a, a crawl space underneath. Right. Like they're in like a what like a hatch. There's like a hatch under yeah, Damus's office. Uh, and they, they're inside it. And they're saying, you know, he was right. We have to be a lot quicker in terms of mobilizing. Uh, we should get rid of the world sweepers because there's faster ways to get around than a giant symbol. Yes. And uh, they're like, in PS, haven't we moved on? Like, why are we still flying around in a giant Decepticon symbol? I thought we were all over it. Um, and the other person's agreeing. And he's like, yes, we do need to be faster. If only to protect the stock. Uh and we come down to this room, and we see the two of them talking, and there's all of these pods that sort of look like green matrix pods. Yeah. Uh, and, Same. And one of them is like a human-looking arm. Yeah, there's like a human-looking arm and hand, but it has like a like a robotic kind of like port a, yeah. or something in the palm of it. Like a, which... a HAL lens from yeah. 2001. Yeah, so very, you know... Very sci-fi. We've seen this kind of thing before. Um, not in these books, but right. just in general. 
Um, uh, and they're saying, they are saying, luckily, it looks like everything's in order and they can just move all of this to the next facility. But then the other bot is saying, we can't move anything because if we move them, it risks contamination and that right. might upset the process. And it's all just very vague. And they're saying they're going to miss a deadline. Uh, and he says, if you want to explain our failure to the grand architect, be my guest. So that's that's an impressive sounding name. Yeah. And uh, so then the other one's like, well, then what do we do? And this one who seems to be taking the most lead is saying that we're just going to abort. We are going to abort and we are going to start again. And we can see in, in the place where maybe a Decepticon or Autobot symbol would be, we see that same symbol that was on Grimlock's door. Yes, the one uh, that Grimlock has drawn. Prepare, confront, repel thing. Which also, P.S., those words echo the find, kill, cleanse of the DJD, which I sure. find interesting. Um, so yes, so clearly there's something huge going on here because the symbol keeps appearing and these mystery guys are, they have some sort of organic testing, experimenting going on underneath this place that was kind uh, of packaging yeah, like, Cybertronians. Uh, let me just tell you guys up front, as an organic, it's a flawed system. Just stick with the machine thing. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. need to waste time with me. It's not like you got right. You could only be helping us out, I think. Um, but, but that yeah. said, I do think it's interesting because he says it risks contamination and risks upsetting the process, which, okay. So let's take a quick step back here because they are flying in a world sweeper, which is what the scavengers found back in issue seven where they found grimlock which had a bunch of organic and mechanic mm. experiments on it which was grounded because they even said in that book the fuel supply had been contaminated by something organic so there's I, a good chance i mean i mean yeah there's, i don't there's know if a it lot was going these, on there Guys, specifically, but yes, something in this order, whatever these guys are, whatever the symbol is, whoever these guys are, likely, more than likely not, that was their ship that the scavengers initially found that had Grimlock on it. So. Uh, very, very interesting. Yes. Um, so just some stuff to keep in mind there. So I, I can't wait until three years from now when we get a follow-up on this. I, it might be that long. It really might. I yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. That that does it for forty six. We can see the next episode. The next episode. I do that all the time. The next issue is called "Stop All the Clocks," which uh, for you, Greg, I just want to. Don't we know somebody who works with clocks? I don't think so. I think oh. that might be uh, just just new information to me. <laughs> I definitely don't know anybody who would fit mm -mm. the description. Right. Everybody I know on The Last Blight just... I mean, I think they're all just like carnival workers, I yeah. think. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think clocks have ever come up. Doesn't sound <laughs> familiar. Nah. Nah. Uh, but yeah, that'll that'll do it for these books. Um, though I do want to get some impressions. How much going into this did you recall of the scavengers? Were you excited to see them again? I was very was excited to see them again. Uh, I was not able to remember who was who or okay. what was interesting about them for the <laughs> most part up until like late into 46. I'm like, okay, I guess I kind of have a good idea. I remembered Fulcrum very well. 
because uh, <laughs> well, he was sort chin. of our well the chin helps but also it was uh he was like our sort of hey this is yeah the person who he's like the control to him. yeah yeah um didn't remember much of croc or crankcase or misfire but i did remember a little bit of spinister being a boy with difficulties yeah um, that's a cute way to put it so, uh okay interesting yeah. which and i feel like that's so funny and then just because of course i like coming at it being like oh man i waited three years and was so excited <laughs> and you're like oh yeah i read about them a couple months ago and then i forgot <laughs> well i mean i have a lot, there's a lot for me to take on in that span of time. sure sure and that's true too uh you're also like everybody to new, to you is new and that's fair that's, yeah, that's fair me, i'm not on your case here i promise just, yeah uh so I think that's going to do it for us this week. Yeah. Uh, as I, usual, I want to direct everyone to our Patreon at patreon.com slash soundwave. Yes. Um, I also want to give a shout out to our special More Than Meets the Eye crew members, uh, which include, again, if you haven't yet and you don't like the way I'm saying your name, just tell me to go ahead and uh, read something else. But uh, Samuel Jacques, Elizabeth Jackalope, and the one person who did tell me a name they would like to read on the show, uh, Biddy Bot Jazzy, which that's, I think is a great name. That's we're, a fantastic name. We're, Man. we're proud to have you on The Lost Light. Yeah, so great to have all of you. Also, Biddy Bot, I feel like like that's the kind of name... Not that like all these names are great, but like Biddy Bot Jazzy is like the one that like you walk in and like everybody's like, oh yeah, Biddy Bot's in the house. Like, yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's that kind of like old timey Val's here, you know. <laughs> uh, and and you, uh, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say you're an official member of the Teensy Bot Club as well. It, it does sound like that kind of name. True, true. So yeah, uh, our other crew members, if. I mean, again, yeah, I if, love if, all of your names, absolutely. but if you have bot names you want to go by. Sure. Uh, just let it. us know. Send an email to gregalmercer at gmail.com. And if you'd like to be a member of The Lost Light or if you'd like to be a regular at McAdams, just yes. uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwave. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what names are you interested in going by, Transformonauts? I, you know that the Transformonauts have all sorts of OCs. That's true. I've I've read all of the Transformonaut fan fiction. I've looked at all of their pictures that they share. They post them all over the fridge. Uh, I I think my favorite is the main OC for the Transformonauts, Transformobot. It's a, it's kind of your like your Superman. Yeah. Like just your very ideal Transformonaut character. Uh, and that's who I'm cosplaying this year. Uh, only at only at uh, TFCon. Mm-hmm.